0: Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started.
1: I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin.
0: What's going on, Survivor fans? Hello, we are here to cover another episode of Survivor. This is episode 10, season 40, Winners at War. I've got an awesome panel ready to talk to you guys about the two-hour pre finale episode. We are very, very excited. I am Timothy Michael. I am joined by Mike Healy. Hey, Mike.
2: What is up, guys? Like I said, we did our little 60-second reviews, and you know what? Everybody knows what I think. Two hours of Survivor is double the awesome. But to me, now it means I get one less week. So I don't know, but I'm
0: loving it. I feel the same way as you do. I've got Veronica Valencia. Hey, Veronica.
3: Hey, everyone. I'm very happy that once again, Peanut Butter made a special guest appearance in (laughs) last night's episode.
2: It's chunky. (laughs) It's chunky.
1: (laughs) And we've got our dream team guy, Steve Ganey. Hey, Steve. Hey man, these are some good challenges and you know I just I think uh, it has not been predictable and last night's episode uh, had me guessing I I didn't know who was going to go home
0: and there was still a lot to play so we'll see what happens. I uh, totally agree it definitely kept me on my toes I thought the episode episodes were amazing we've got a sneak peek at what happens at the edge of extinction at the end of the episode more to talk about uh don't forget everybody we've got our MVP segment at the end of the episode we're going to tell you guys who we think is the MVP of the episode or both segments if you will and we've got the updates to our fantasy draft which even things out a little bit so we have that to tell you guys so we've got a lot to talk about so let's dive in shall we picking it up right after last episode uh night 29 back at camp michelle is obviously upset with jeremy for not playing the advantage that he gave her um mainly because everybody at the tribe now knows that a michelle and jeremy are close and b michelle has an advantage were you guys did you guys feel michelle's sentiments did you understand where she was coming from or were you like just get over it get over it (laughs)
1: i mean she gave him the idol it seemed like he needed to play it i don't know why he didn't play it just to get it out of her hands just to flush it because it became an issue for the next tribal council
3: yeah you know i i'm gonna disagree with you there steve i think that i understand michelle's paranoia is the word i'll use in this case just because if you have an advantage even if you give it to someone you want it to either be played or if It's not being played. You want it to be kept a secret as best as possible to Michelle's point. She really thought Jeremy was going to play but because Jeremy did a little, like, should I, shouldn't I, you know, it definitely makes her vulnerable and everyone knows it's her advantage. So I understand her paranoia and that like, well, I can't kind of make a big move with this now. I just have to use it.
2: Yeah. I, she could make a big move with it still. I mean, she could still do something crazy that no one expected. It's out in the open. the, One good thing is that since it's out in the open, uh, just the fact that this coming up was the last opportunity for her to use it anyway, I think that takes a little bit of the sting away from it being out in the open because it's like, okay, well, she's obviously going to play it, but there's still some of the mystery on who she's going to play it for. So I don't know. I feel like a lot of this season people have been overreacting with their emotions just in general see Ben <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, everyone is we yeah we're
2: just chill out a little bit it's a lot of money but it, it becomes a little bit disappointing because these are the crazy I mean these are the all-stars of the all-stars we can't let our emotions be dictating the way we play with this kind of stuff so
1: I don't know I mean, her only saving grace is that she played it for herself at the next one. If she, if she had played it for Jeremy the next one, I would have been like, what are you? (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: I mean, we've only got seven survivors left. So as these players go to edge of extinction, not home, um, we're going to see a lot of alliances coming together. Who wants to take who to the, to the final, who is working with who closer than somebody else who might be working with somebody else, Um, Sarah and Uh, Tony are obviously one of those two. They have apparently a final three with Ben um, which I didn't think was that tight until they said it which was surprising to me because both all three of those people are high contenders to get votes. Um, It's really interesting because usually we see in Survivor people want to take people to the end who haven't really done much and in this season we see everybody's pretty much done something so it's hard to kind of figure out who do you want to take to the end as a goat, if you will, more as I want to take somebody who I know that I could beat because I did more than they did. How did you guys feel about that conversation?
2: All the, this season, the alliances have been very strange to me, especially surrounding Ben, surrounding Denise, uh, and, and Tony. The Everybody outside of Sarah who has this any kind of allegiance to Tony, especially Jeremy and Ben, is very confusing to me. Why they think they can trust this guy. Uh, Sarah is even teetering on the edge of, could she actually trust Tony? Cops R Us has betrayed her once already in her lifetime. So, you know what I mean? And and you know Tony's a crafty player. Um, Does have been so weird to me. So I think it's really, really confusing in general as a viewer and definitely as a player on who you'd want to take to the end, because I feel like I've said it for a while, if not chat and Veronica, the survivor historian will correct me. I don't think anybody's got much of a chance against Tony in the end, especially the way he's playing this right now, this season. So it's very strange to me, especially with him, how alliances are, are incorporating him and actually going along with him.
3: Yeah, I think in terms of this conversation of uh, taking someone to the end to, you know, you can beat, I think it's less about that and more about who is willing to work with me. Because even though, say, for example, you have Tony who is playing a very great game and you might have someone who's not playing such a great game. If that person who's not playing such a great game doesn't want to go to the end with Tony and wants to rather get out Tony Tony's not going to want to take that person to the end. So I think it's less about, I'm going to take you because I know I can beat you, and more, I'm going to take you because I know at least you're not going to try and target me. And I think everyone in this all-star season truly believes they have the best chance to win. In regards to Sarah, <laughs> well, we're as an audience are thinking, Sarah, why do you want to go to the end with Tony? He's playing such a great game. Sarah has played a great game as well. And I think in her mind, she thinks I can beat Tony because I can out-talk him because I have such a great social game. But Tony has stepped up those points as well. So you kind of, it's it's hard because I genuinely think everyone thinks they can beat everybody.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say, Veronica, the social game. I think a lot of it is what you as a player value. And I know that Sarah values social game. And I think that Sarah probably has played a better social game than Tony. I think people probably like Sarah better, just like hanging out with her. She seems to have a good relationship with everyone else. Um, I also think that maybe there's just some of, you know, just left on the cutting room floor and the editing. There's a lot of other stuff that we don't see. Tony has played, is so good at playing both sides, which is such a dangerous strategy. But throughout this entire game, it's been like the people who are working with Tony don't really know which side he's on he's flipped on his own alliance and uh they just keep coming back to him and it's just you know he's just very good at uh weaving in and out um you know that being said uh I think that Sarah thinks well, Tony's got all the blood on his hands and, you know, I've also been strategizing with him and I've got this social game. So yeah, I can go to the end with Tony. So, I mean, it just depends on what you yourself would value if you were a jury member. I am I mean, I'm sure everybody thinks they're doing a
2: great job. <laughs> uh, they're wrong. Um <laughs> Right. I I don't know that you could you could make it. I don't know that I could make a case right now for Nick or Ben to actually win. One thing that I keep coming back to is there's certain people like Tony that seem to be so oddly resilient. Where if anybody else brings up their name, they're going to get targeted rather than people jumping on board and be like, "Yeah, let's get Tony." It feels like. And I think Boston Rob in general, normally when he plays is another one of these characters where he'll catch wind of it and get you out. And you almost have no shot of kind of taking down these kind of king-like figures when it's kind of in
1: everybody's best interest to get them out. Totally. That's why he's so good at uh, playing both sides because he gets the information from two competing alliances and then chooses where he, yeah. which, w- which way he wants to go.
0: Speaking of the Ben... Tony and Sarah kind of alliance it's really interesting Mike that you said that the cops are us thing and Sarah being able to trust Tony I do feel like Tony's playing both sides I mean if you think about it Ben has Denise on his side that's pretty much his number two in the game she's still there Tony has Jeremy on his side or had Jeremy on his side but in the first episode Sarah has Sophie on her side until Tony went and took her out. So I think that Tony is isolating Sarah so that she could be more dependent on him in this game. Mm. And that I think would be the, I think Tony ultimately would be the downfall of Sarah because, like Steve and like Veronica said, she's playing a social game that is, I honestly think is unheard of because this is a, you know, a, a season of all winners and her social game is just insane. I think that a lot of people on the jury would vote for her because she hasn't pissed anybody off. So, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens with the Ben, Tony, and Sarah uh, alliance. I mean, there's only two episodes, or one episode left, so we'll see. Um, Let's talk about the first immunity challenge. So, was this a new challenge, by the way? I need to ask you guys, because I was very confused. Was it a new challenge? There's been elements. There's been elements.
1: Yeah, I feel like I've seen it. Recycled elements. I haven't played it in this uh, iteration. What? No,
0: <laughs>
3: this one. have you at least done the thing where you have to dig and get yourself under yeah. the log? Because to me, that is the most cringy <laughs> challenge because yeah. so many people get stuck and they get burned. And <laughs> yes. it hurts.
1: if you're ever digging under a log, always go on your back, belly up in the air. Don't try to slither under and then <laughs> get stuck. I, I love, th- I feel like every
2: time they do this challenge, they make it easier and easier. Like the first time someone thought this portion up, they just laid a log on the ground and were like, go. Now they kind of building up some sand. The log is above the ground. Yeah, Yeah. they do this tiny drop kick and all this sand explodes (laughs) out of it. I was like, that's not how it used to be, dude. It was like people
0: getting stuck. Now it looks just kind of like fluff, and we get a little of the sand out of there. (laughs) Well, you know, it wasn't easy for Michelle this challenge. Michelle really, really struggled (laughs) and it was really heartbreaking to see i mean at the end of it it was pretty much down to jeremy sarah and nick um nick surprisingly won out of nowhere honestly i didn't actually expect him to win anything loved it. and this is definitely one that saved himself to win yeah, definitely saved I himself it.
2: i love that and
0: i just feel like you know michelle not being able to do it kind of took a little away from, from his thunder because he wants to be really happy that he win. he won and then michelle's over here crying because she didn't even get past the first step of the challenge. So it was kind of like a bittersweet moment for Nick, but I was happy for him. I like that though. So, okay, I love it every time in
2: Survivor when they, and you know it's editing, right? They go out of their way to be like, we're definitely going to get Nick. And then he ends up winning the challenge. I love that, right? Because I like (laughs) to see the scramble and stuff. I also, Nick, I'm not really rooting for Nick, to be honest, but if you are, I love that the focus was taken off of his win. Right? Get any, anytime the focus gets off of you for any reason, I feel like it's better. So, like, yeah, I won, but that's cool. Don't worry about it. Let's all console (laughs) Michelle and everything's fine. I, I like that for him. And I also felt bad for her. I feel like, again, this is probably just because we're watching the episodes in real time right now. But I feel like this season, more so than past seasons, I'm seeing more, more scenes of honest, true emotion just come out and this way man was she really upset with herself that she uh, something that's so stupid and you know any other day if she wasn't 33 days of starving or whatever yeah she could do it and it's no big deal for to see her break down to see a lot of these really honest reactions come out is is, it's cool it's endearing
1: yeah i I think season has been really good at like pointing out how the the show affects people you know in the game and also outside of the game, their real lives. And we've seen a lot of those emotions. I mean, Michelle, you could just tell she was just so spent, you know, she's had a a rough go of the last few tribals and you know, the last one was really, really bad for her game. So I think she just, just a breaking point.
3: Yeah, it was, it was definitely sad to see Michelle struggle, especially because like you were saying, she has been the bottom for such a long time. Now she's been on the wrong side of the vote so many times. She probably just wanted to, do something and we'll talk about that obviously with in the next uh couple of moments what happens to her in this episode but she just wanted something that you know would get her spirits up and i do like what you brought up Stephen and uh mike about kind of these raw emotions i feel like more so this season than any other season of survivor we've gotten some pretty meta moments where you know we as viewers watch this and we're like oh this is great tv they're playing a game you know they might be on an island but they look fine but we're starting to really learn like oh no, Survivor, it's such a cutthroat game that fills you with paranoia that when you go back home, it really can't affect your trust and you can suffer from trauma and trust issues and all this stuff that's going on. And we don't see that as viewers. So Survivor has definitely been hitting us with those little like meta moments a lot this season.
0: Yeah, Nick definitely saved himself tonight because he, like everybody else said, was on the chopping block and he wound up saving himself. Now back at camp, Ben gets in a little bit of hot water because he's been playing both sides, kind of like Tony, but he's not as good at it. Um, he pretty much wants Jeremy to get the 50-50 coin back from Michelle. It was messy. It was very messy how Ben handled this. And it was a little naive thinking that Michelle and Jeremy weren't going to talk to each other because he knows that they are very close. Michelle just played an advantage for him. So don't you think that those two are going to talk to each other, Ben? Maybe not the smartest option. <laughs> at this point in the episode, Man. I thought Ben was going to be in danger of going home because of how messy this was. I think have he should've. So,
3: there have been so many episodes this season where Ben has gotten himself into very sticky situations, and yet he has never actually been a name who people have really tried to go through with. His name has been brought up, but no one's ever actually tried to be like, let's get Ben out. We know mm-hmm. that he, he's untrustworthy. We know that you know he's playing both sides. He's talking to people. Uh, but he manages to get out of it. And I think for me in this particular moment, while it was very cool to see Nick, this underdog, who like Michelle has been at the bottom most of this season to finally get that triumphant moment, he goes back to camp and he is once again put in a situation where he can make a really good power move. But I think he really missed the opportunity there.
2: Uh, uh, man, I I drafted him on the fantasy. I'm a fan <laughs> of Ben. And he's just been really disap- – I mean, he's still there, so props for that, right? There's got to be something to said for that. He's made it to, I mean, now the top five, right? So let's just get that out of the way. But I've just been disappointed with the way he's been playing overall. The whole feud with Jeremy, unless there's stuff that we don't know about, seems completely unwarranted. We've said that from the beginning when this stuff happened. Uh, it's not serving him whatsoever. And then trying to pit Jeremy against – well, obviously his biggest ally, what is that about? That's There's no way that's going to work. And I don't know. I don't know if Ben's heart isn't in it. If he decided I'm going to try to play a different way and he's kind of, if he's not playing with his heart or he's he's getting confused or something like that, I don't know what it is, but I think he's been really lucky to make it this far because he's been lucky to make it this far with all the moves that I just said that I don't agree with. I think he would be poised to do a really great blind side to really turn it on somebody and not have expected. But I'm amazed that he's uh, lasted this far and, and people haven't turned to get him out.
1: Yeah. I mean, some people in the chat are saying Ben's kind of a goat and I sort of started to agree with that. Like, yeah. especially when like uh, Sarah and Tony were like, we want Ben to think he's in the driver's <laughs> seat, you know? So we're going to plant this little seed that like, maybe we should uh, get Nick out. What do you yeah. think? Like, hey, yeah. we should get Nick. And they're like, yeah. We, I mean, it was good editing and you know, it was funny. But it was sort of a moment where I was like, you know, I started to think back on Ben's season and he didn't win a ton of immunities. He, he found a lot of idols. That was right. what he was amazing at, was finding idols, his Ben bombs. And uh, you know, he, he found an idol. Uh, he has had a really weak social game, a glaringly bad social game. Um, And then moves like that are strategic blunders. So, you know, Ben, who Tony sort of said, you know, hey, we're the Lions, we got to stick together. And I can remember, you know, a lot of (laughs) seeing a lot of tweets like Ben, a lion, what? And I was like, yeah, I don't know if he belongs in that upper, you know, tier with like these huge threats like Tony and Jeremy. But, uh, you know, he might be the perfect goat because he doesn't know he's a goat. So, you know, maybe we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what his and
2: everybody knows. I love to argue and I'll stand up on the soapbox. But I don't know what your argument would be for Ben to win. I don't really know what strategic stuff he's done. What great moves he's not crushing challenges. He's not, to your point, he's not finding the the hidden idols like he did in his season. I don't know.
1: had a really something. compelling personal life with him being a veteran and suffering from PTSD. Oh and- yeah, dude. He's got a great backstory, and that is that carries some major weight when you're awarding somebody two million dollars.
2: So, I would never take anything away from that, uh, like a thousand percent. To me, the way I always try to look at this stuff is, and that's one of the reasons why, like our OG fans, you remember back to season like three and and two and stuff. There were, was it season two or three? I remember there was a doctor on there. And they started questioning that doctor about what cars he had. And he was voted off that episode because they decided he was already rich. To me, I don't like the personal life stuff to get involved with who deserves to win or not. That's why, to me, it's disappointing. Again, throw the hate up in the chat. Everybody knows who I'm going to go to. (laughs) Why Russell never wins because people get personal and emotional with that stuff when he, you know he had the best strategic game. I like it to be completely awarded based on gameplay. That's why I, I wouldn't want people to have personal bad feelings about somebody like Tony when I think strategically he's crushing it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Now going into tribal council, they Tony, Ben, Denise, Nick, and Sarah have decided that it's gonna be three votes for Jeremy, two votes for Michelle, just to flesh out the 50-50 advantage, which was going to be used anyway because it was the last time that she could use it. I don't think that they knew that. And at Tribal Council, now, Veronica, you've already alluded to this, they kind of touched on a really deep subject and how, you know, after Survivor and after playing this game, a lot of these players have trust issues. Some people can't trust their wives, like Ben. Some people can't trust their coworkers, like Jeremy. I mean, I didn't expect them to touch on a subject like that, I mean, we see every, all these other subjects and like, you know, transgender issues and, you know, race issues and sexual harassment issues. But the trust issue of this game and the paranoia level is so high that when they go home, it takes them quite a while to break out of that where you can't even trust the people closest to you was really surprising to me. Were you all surprised by that as well?
3: I I thought it was actually a very nice thing to bring up in Survivor because I think the the paranoia and the trust issues is kind of a silent killer. We, you know, when we when Survivor has ever had any type of controversy, you know, the, what happened with Zeke and what happened last season, those are very um, noticeable. You know, we kind of take notice of that, but the trust issues is very silent. That's something that someone is facing internally and I, and when we're watching on camp on the TV it's like, oh, you know they're they're doing that, but it's all a game, and then when they go home they clean up, they're great, but stuff like that lingers because you're playing 39 days with your guard held so high and it's really hard to come back down to earth when you've basically had to change yourself for that amount of time
2: and remember these are winners they won, <laughs> and they still have all this imagine when you lose. And or your second place, and you were this close to being a million. You know, all this kind of stuff, right? I thought it was yet again, like we talked about, you know, ten minutes ago. Another really okay. First of all, I like that there was no scrambling and no whispering. Great, let's just actually talk. So right away, and then yet another example of some honest to goodness realness that actually come out. Let's actually hear what they have to say because that kind of stuff's really fascinating. And again. Now everybody's going to be really mad cuz I'm mentioning him twice in the same episode, but if you go check out Russell Hance's YouTube, he's got some really cool videos on what has happened to some survivors post survivor and some of the unfortunate life decisions and stuff that some people have gotten into and after an episode like last night, you start to think, "Wow, maybe it's some of effects from the game."
1: Yeah, for sure. And being, you know, watched by millions of people. Sure. Uh, and you know, you're a reality star, but the, you know, your, your fame fades pretty fast. So, you know, one week you're, you know, on, uh, you're being, doing interviews and press and all this stuff. And, you know, I just want a million dollars. And then like, you know, a couple of weeks go by and nobody's talking about survivor anymore sure. and they've all moved on. And you're like, what am I going to do with my life now? You know, like, yeah. I quit my job and I don't know all this stuff. And it's like, wait, this yeah. is something else. Yeah. It's interesting to see. Tim, I, I, I wanted to bring this up really quick about this first tribal
2: and see what you guys thought. I don't understand mm. why Jeremy, Michelle, uh, Denise, and Nick didn't jump together and get Ben. Like why they didn't try to pull Denise over and get somebody out? Well, Denise is very close with Ben, don't forget. That's but just I, one yeah. thing that I, I, I oh, Okay, pick anybody else then. Because I feel like Denise is not, I feel like Denise is an easy convince that she is not at the top of their lists, okay? She's at the bottom of whatever alliance she thinks she's in. And to me, she was an easy fourth person for those three people to pull over and say, yo, Tony and Sarah, you're never going to break the two of them up. By the way, Tony is completely controlling Ben. We got to do something.
3: Yeah, I no, I agree. When I was going into that vote, I thought that that would have been the perfect situation if those four would have teamed up and go after Ben. But to Tim's point, and as we learned in the episode, I guess Denise and Ben have a tighter relationship than we think. And I think this was, and this is what I was alluding to when I said that I think Nick, while he had a really good win, this was a missed opportunity for him because he was like, I want to make a move. And I understand Nick's point Mm -hmm. in that, He doesn't want to go to the end with Jeremy because he doesn't believe he can win against Jeremy. I understand that. But if you want to make a move, you don't go along with the person who's making the move. You go against that person and vote out someone who is good for that person's game. I think it would have, and as we saw, it would have been smarter for Nick to keep Jeremy and get his numbers up.
1: Yes. I was totally just going to say Nick had a chance to make a move. He's been going with the flow. I don't know what his end game was, but I'm mm-hmm. like, "Come on, man. Like change it up. Reshuffle the deck. Nick had to make a move and he didn't."
0: Yeah.
1: Also, what was up with uh yeah. Well,
0: Michelle Michelle's the-
1: her coin. <laughs> the flip wasn't even She didn't even flip it. Oh yeah. That can be easily practiced.
2: She was just like, Broom. I was like, "That's not a real flip." Exactly. <laughs>
3: Well her uh, I mean she four fire tokens paid off, so yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean she did play, you know, the fifty-fifty coin. It did land on safe, even though she didn't technically flip it. Um, <laughs> or it's it. A wooden <laughs> heavy coin. So I guess flipping it would have been like harder. Uh, and she's got this little table to aim it on. So I guess I mean there's a million reasons why she Hey, and it landed on safe, so good for Michelle. Now my thing is she debated on whether or not she was going to play for herself or for Jeremy. And she did play it for herself. Regardless, even if she played it for Jeremy, it still would have been two votes for her and two votes for Ben, therefore being a tie. And I'm pretty sure they would have did a revote and Michelle would have
3: went home. Yeah. So oh, yeah. if we well, think about it, she definitely did play it. Uh, she, she played it well. she played it she she definitely wanted to save herself but again going to nick's opportunity if if he really wanted to make a move and those three stuck together michelle could have played her advantage for jeremy jeremy would have been safe and it would have been to michelle jeremy would have been safe and their three votes would have gone for ben and ben would have gone home
2: yeah but i don't think i don't think there's any way if you're michelle you can find a way this is the last time you can play it You have no idea where the votes are going. I don't think you can honestly find a way to play it for somebody else. You got to take the immunity for yourself. Enough, uh, last week was enough that you opened up that you even had it. I don't Mm -hmm. think you can find a way to give it away.
1: If they had Nick on their side, you know, if Nick had been able to make a move, then yeah, they, they maybe could have used it for Jeremy, but that's putting so much trust in everyone else.
0: Yeah. Well, Nick doesn't do what he was supposed to do or what he should have done by making a big move. Jeremy does get voted out. He does give his two fire tokens to Michelle, which in hindsight, we saw helped in some kind of way. Um, Right after camp, Michelle and Nick kind of have it out. And she pretty much tells what everybody is already thinking. They're going to be the two that are next. I mean, he was already on the shopping block tonight. What makes him think that he's not on the bottom of the pecking order? And that's pretty much what Michelle was saying to him. Now. Michelle, and this second half of the episode, is definitely going home from the get-go. She tries everything that she can. And I really do love these moments in Survivor because when somebody knows they're going home, they just play balls to the wall. They do not care. And one thing that I loved is that she went to Sarah and was like, hey, look, you're not going to win against Tony. Maybe I will keep my door open, but I'm willing to work with anybody and try to do whatever I can to stay in this game. And like I said, like we always say every single episode, don't close your door. And I have to give, you know, kudos to Michelle because she A, didn't close her door and B, she tried stuff. And they even mentioned it in the episode, you know, there's survivors sit there and go, hey, A for effort. She's trying. At least she's not just sitting there laying down and giving up, which is not something that she did. And I really liked it. She wanted to go out fighting. What did you guys think?
3: I loved this moment because Michelle was dropping some tr- on both Nick and Sarah and the fact that both Nick and Sarah kind of looked at her and brushed her off like oh that's impossible was was kind of comical but then once again you know they have their own ways of thinking obviously we talked about it earlier Sarah feels very confident in her social game and feels even if she goes to the end with Tony she could probably win but we're seeing a different game so you know, as a as a viewer, we're seeing something different, and we were like, Michelle is telling the truth. You shouldn't dismiss her. But in their minds, they're seeing that they are very tight with their alliances, and they're not going anywhere.
2: Uh, oh man! So okay, I feel bad for Michelle. I, I like this moment, Sarah. I didn't like how she handled it because at this point with so few people, there's no need to BS anybody. We know Michelle isn't part of the Alliance. We know she's on the end of the bad end of the stick, right? Okay. So Sarah can be honest about this and say, look, you got to start fighting, go to some other people. I don't know what we can do because to me, if you're Sarah, you have that allegiance with Tony, but you are not going to beat him in the end. So you want to say cops are us to the end? Cool, I'm about it. If you really want to win, you got to get Tony at some point like he got you before. So I think she didn't go enough to encourage Michelle to continue to fight or try to find something. I think she could have done a little bit more to strengthen that relationship rather than she basically placated her. Oh, Michelle, come on. No, but no, stop. Yes, everything Michelle is saying is correct, right? So why, why BS her?
1: Yeah, and just, you know, Tim, you said, you know, never close a door. Sarah totally closed the door by immediately going back to her sure. tribe mates and being like, well, this is what, you know, Michelle was trying to feed me. And it's like, well, just hear her out, you know? <laughs> like, there is some, I get there's some sort of maybe strategic danger in like, you know, you hear a plan, then you don't go tell your tribe mates. You're worried that that gets back to them and they're like, why didn't Sarah come to talk to this? Maybe she's entertaining right. this idea. I get that, but also that's an idea that you should be entertaining, at least from our perspective, because I don't think Sarah has the jury votes to beat Tony. No.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about edge of extinction really quick. So edge of extinction had a lot of twists this season and it's kind of winding down. And um, this, they don't fail. They don't fail us at this point. So there is a disadvantage on the Island um, and I believe it was Natalie who found it. She spent the most time on the island. I know. Spent the most <laughs> time on the island knew exactly what the note was telling her. Something about a stone throne. Uh, she winds up finding it, and it's a disadvantage to sell to another player to use uh, against another player in whoever's left at the next um, immunity challenge. They wind up selling it to Nick. Nick goes to Michelle because they want eight tokens for it, Nick only has six. Michelle now has the two from Jeremy. And then they use that together to target Ben in the next immunity challenge. Now, did you guys think that targeting Ben with a disadvantage was the smart option?
2: I got a lot Hi. of thoughts on this. Uh, you want me to jump in real quick? Go. You go ahead. Okay. Okay. So uh, let me fast forward just a little bit because... When they so after tribal, because I think this is relevant, we see Natalie connect and give uh, she bought you know, she does all these tokens and she buys a hidden immunity and gives it to Tyson. I was like, Not Jeremy, really? Okay, that's weird because if I'm Natalie, I'm going to Jeremy, who's not only the most recent person kicked off the island, but also I thought her strongest ally to say, What's the situation? Who do we need to put at a disadvantage to help out whoever might be your or my key alliance? Should we get back on the island? I thought that was really strange. Uh, I don't think be- Ben in general is a bad target, but they didn't do anything with it. And I mean, look how excited or what Nick was. Oh boy! Like I did it. I got well. So what? I mean, you got a power alliance of four. Pick one of them, and instead of giving them a disadvantage, it might as well have said you can't win. Who cares? <laughs> There's still way more of them anyway, you know? Ah, and then it, to just complete my whole rant, I was really annoyed that it, all of a sudden it was today's the last day you can use your fire tokens, and everybody on, who was still in the game, they were worthless. Worthless. That was so annoying. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I really wish that the fire tokens were a little bit more fleshed out into how long you could use them and what you could use them for if you are still in the game. I will say that I have loved the disadvantage, the disadvantage advantages coming out of Edge Extinction. So the extortion and this one, because there's so much thought that goes into how you play them. You know, if like you were saying, Mike, if it was Jeremy who got that advantage, I think he would have done something to be a little, to cause a little bit more chaos and to mm-hmm. be a little to sabotage more because he's the one most recently out and he knows the game well. Natalie has been absent from the game for so long now that her only focus is to get back in the game. So clearly she's playing for greed in the form of wanting to get as many tokens to better herself in the comeback challenge. But it's just, there's so many ways to think about it. So many ways of how am I gonna play it? Am I gonna sabotage someone? Am I gonna, you know, what am I gonna do? I love the mentality behind that. And in terms of targeting Ben, I mean, I get it. If that's the person you want to try and get out, the first, the first thing you need to make sure is that they don't win immunity. We saw that last, the first tribal with Nick. They wanted Nick out, Nick won immunity. What could they do? So I think it made sense to target Ben if that's who they were going for. But again, you know, it's just one of those baffling things. Of why is no one going for Tony?
2: Yeah, why is nobody <laughs> going for Tony? And of course, she could only sell it to somebody who would then use it on somebody else right so at the end of the day i think nick was was a fine choice but it's tough for the show because at this point the disadvantage has no relevance
1: yeah i was just going to say i think that the fire tokens turned out to be way more valuable to the people on the edge of extinction than the yes. people in the actual game Big because <laughs> buying the advantages in the edge battle back challenge is everything but to buy a disadvantage to one of your fellow players in the game, it doesn't have a, as much of an impact because if they win, then someone else goes, you know, you still like you said, the, the, you just don't have the numbers. I think they picked the right person to put it on. Uh, I think Ben was a, uh, the, actually, it turned out to be really good because he, he lost by one block even with the disadvantage. So yeah. I thought that was cool that the disadvantage did have an impact in the game. It would be one yeah. thing if Ben's tripping over his, uh, his challenge and knocking all his blocks off the entire time. Um, but I also thought um, that this was a really cool moment for Natalie's storyline because she's playing a completely different game <laughs> and she is absolutely dominant in every aspect of it. I thought it was, even though she has way more tokens than anyone, you know, almost double than anyone else has, uh, it's important to keep those from someone else getting them so that they can't buy advantages in the Battleback challenge. Um, I think that her relationship with Tyson is genuine. Tyson just seems like a really cool guy that everybody wants to hang out with, and he's been out on the edge. He's been voted out twice. People come to him. We've seen him talking and being genuine with people. Um, You know, just like, yeah, like he's a good person to sort of bounce ideas off of. Um, He's not really threatening and he doesn't really seem like he's he doesn't seem like he's playing that cutthroat. He's playing a hard game, but he he is just playing a game. And I think that the, the relationship between Natalie and Tyson is a genuine one.
2: I think it's genuine, too. Before we started our broadcast, we were talking a little bit about video games. Natalie is playing Survivor solo, like the solo campaign. <laughs> she's not playing multiplayer. She's playing the solo campaign right now, and she is absolutely killing it. I, I will a 1,000% disagree with giving Tyson a hidden immunity idol, though. I think she should have kept both and used <laughs> both when she inevitably battles back next week.
0: Yeah, I need Natalie to fight her way back into this game because – she, A, has been on Edge of Extinction the longest. She, B, is on my fantasy draft. And C, I'm just so mad that she got voted out first because she's one of those players that I really, really wanted to see play this game, um, especially after she won her, her season. Uh, she just was one, one of my favorite players and I really wanted to see how she would have done this season now granted we did kind of see a little bit of what she's been doing on edge but that's nothing compared to what they've been doing um on the main island so i would have loved to see you know natalie stay in this game but even more than that i would love to see her battle back now in the immunity challenge we see that michelle pulled it through she was another one that was on the chopping block she won the immunity i was very very happy for her especially from the first half of the episode where she couldn't even get through the first set of of challenge in the immediate challenge and to actually winning this challenge when she really really needed it I always love it when they need it and then they win it and Michelle is very very happy and she wasn't like cocky about it either she wasn't like I knew they were targeting me I don't care I won target somebody else she was actually very humble about it like (laughs) I'm so grateful for this I needed this you know I really enjoyed her reaction to it and now back at camp we see that, you know, Denise is playing this whole woe is me game and pretty much thinks that she's the one going home, but at the same time says that it's a facade to throw off Nick. What did you guys think of this?
3: Oh, I don't like it. I, I understand this is, this is strategy. This is a strategy that has been played in other seasons, you know, kind of to try and to get the target off of them to try and make it seem like I'm not worth your vote. You can keep me around, whatever. I love Denise. I did not like this move i just it's it's not entertaining to watch and i just i'm just like no it, it it feels very defeatist even though i know it's fake and i just i'm not a fan of this particular strategy i mean
2: is anybody buying this on season 40 come on man i mean do you oh you just you just like don't care you're just like gonna give up two million dollars like i really like denise and she's been crushing it this this i'm sure she thought this is going to be a good move somehow it's not um and then yet again we see that it had no relevance on the whole game anyway so your energy is better spent doing something else why why not just buy everybody rice anyway since your fire tokens are useless instead of just we don't need the the fake give up because nobody's buying it just everybody buy rice and have a feast that's great
1: yeah, it felt a little patronizing. Like you can't, those lies don't work against people who have played before. They, they really only work on people who are super desperate and they're like, well, I need that to be true. So I'm going to choose to believe it. But like, you know, Adam said, like he's sitting there in the jury. And he's just like, that's a fake out, right? Yeah, Like, like nobody's buying yeah. this, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the fight's not over for Michelle and Nick. Michelle, we find out in this episode is very, very scrappy. I have to give that to her because her and Nick go to Tony maybe not the best option in hindsight, but they do go to Tony and, you know, pretty much, you know, fight their argument that Ben, taking Ben to the end isn't necessarily the best option because he did wind up, Winning the game by making fire in his season. And I mean, I thought that, that was a pretty good argument. I mean, at this point in the game, you got to find anything that'll stick to the wall. And yep. I think that was a pretty good argument. I wouldn't want to take Ben because he clearly is a really good firemaker. He was in the army or the Marines. I can't remember. Uh, I think he was the Marines. Um, but I mean, he's very resourceful. And to take somebody like that to the end, and if it's going to be based on fire making would be dangerous.
3: If I was Tony and I have gotten my way on every single vote thus far I would have pushed for Ben to I would have pushed for Ben's vote out on tonight's episode because of that argument because it makes sense you know Ben is very good at making fire plus he has an idol if I'm Tony I don't want to I don't want to keep Ben around and then try and get rid of him and he saves himself because he has an idol and then I try to get rid of him the next time and me and him go to fire and he sends me home because he's way better at survival skills than me. Yeah. So it's like the longer you keep him around, the more opportunity you're giving him to beat you if you ever have to go up against him. So it was such a great argument that Nick brought up and it was and it I was like that's right. I wasn't thinking that but as soon as I heard it I'm like that's right. So if I was Tony, I would have been like instead of trying to vote out Denise because I heard her in my spy nest saying she wants to go to vet, uh, go against me, I would have thought maybe it's best to vote out Ben because he can beat me.
2: Yeah, I, I wasn't thinking about that at all. I, I don't have a great, that's what, why Veronica is here. <laughs> One of the best things about Veronica, I do not have that memory for Survivor, um, even though it's my favorite show. I, I, I don't know that I've heard a better excuse to get somebody out. Everybody knows I hate the fire making challenge. I think it's dumb that that's a default challenge. Um, But damn,
1: that's a great reason to get somebody out. Absolutely. Well, we also have to remember that there's still the edge of extinction question mark. So let's say you're Tony or Sarah and, you know, like any sort of plan to get rid of Ben. You're like, okay, I know that Ben can beat almost anybody at a fire making challenge. Mm -hmm. And if like Natalie or Boston Rob or Tyson gets back in this game, you need somebody who can keep him from stealing your spot in the final three. So let's say we can keep, you know, keep Ben around and, you know, you, Ben gets sent into, uh, you know, a fire making challenge. He could potentially take someone out who isn't necessarily working with you.
2: Yeah. He could steal uh, your jury votes. Edge of Extinction this season, you know, more so than any other one is really throwing a wrench in everything. For Because, sure somebody's coming back right somebody's coming back and if somehow they don't get voted out right away and they go to fire and if let's just fast forward everything if whoever gets back from edge of extinction goes to the final three is the other two in big trouble of well basically the entire jury has been hanging out with them on edge of extinction do they almost automatically get a vote because we're kind of like buddies and we were in it together and you fought back and and we hate those people that never got voted out. I don't know. It's never been the entire jury, you know, got this bonding experience potentially with somebody in the final three. That's rough,
0: right? Mike, I was literally thinking the same thing. I mean, if you have been spending all this time with these people (laughs) on edge of extinction and then all of a sudden they get back into the game, How do you not vote for them? I would vote for them. I mean, you got kicked off the island. Then you spend all the time with these people strategizing on this island. Then you get back into the game, get to final three. I mean, you didn't have to build a resume because that's your resume right there. I mean, you got my vote. Usually, you know, six or seven
2: or so people that you had a hand in voting out didn't make the jury anyway. So no problem. (laughs) You You don't have them voting against you, but now you do. Ah, It's
0: very different. Yeah. So go um, go ahead, Veronica.
3: Oh, just real quick. That's one of the things why I'm very excited to see this final tribal because this is going to be a jury of people who have won or people who are idols of this game. Like I want to see what type of gameplay some of these people value. Boston Roth has never, I said this before, he's never been on a jury Mm. and he is considered like one of the greatest survivors. i would love to see what type of gameplay he values and we've talked a lot about relationships and how they play a part in the season i think it's important and i think yes they'll play a part in who you vote for but i also think this is such an experienced group of players that they might look past relationships and reward gameplay so i'm just so excited to see what type of gameplay these type of players are going to reward I mean yeah, as long as we do don't go back
2: to an eight hour long inquisition from everybody asking a thousand questions of the of i mean
3: the jury's
0: double the size now so who knows this how they're so going to handle this luckily there is no live finale they have all this time to edit whatever they needed to edit in order to do this this final episode so we and no party
2: we don't get to go to a party again <sighs>
0: party unfortunately right when so, i get the hookup
2: to the parties we only uh, go to one
0: I know, I know. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. So going into the second tribal council, there are pretty much two names on the chopping block, Nick and Denise. Um, pretty much it gets down to Denise has two votes, Nick has four votes. Really, not much of a surprise. I mean, they 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 said everything they could try. They tried to say Nick, Nick just couldn't do it. Um, one thing that Jeff did say during tribal council, which was really interesting, was that people who make it known the target of who was going to go home lights a fire under their butt I completely agree with I mean if you look at it in these two episodes alone I say two because it was two hours finale but it was one yes in the first half of this episode Nick was on the chopping block he won immunity then Michelle was on the chopping block she won immunity right. and we've seen it before in previous seasons where when somebody's on the chopping block look at Ben when Ben was, Ben won like yep. three immunities in a row his season because he was constantly on the chopping block. I feel like that does really light a fire under your butt when you know that you're the target. And for the players who are not the targets, to let the target know that they're the target, I think it's, it's kind of a naive move because you, you've seen this. You've seen what, what it can do to somebody who knows that they are going home next. For
2: sure. I think it, it just mirrors life. Right. When you have big stakes or something going on in your life, you turn it up too. Or your height, senses are heightened and all that kind of stuff. So absolutely, you know, in the future for people going on Survivor, you got to kind of think that your butt is always on the chopping. Yeah. block. You want to try to not get complacent and not think that you're safe. That's when you get backstabbed. So you need to be pedal to the metal, you know, 39 days, man.
1: And it validates why uh, you don't want to just go up to someone and be like, well, it's you if you don't win. So, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like you you sort of still have to placate people and, and just play nice and don't just be a total like dismiss someone because that might light a fire into <laughs> them and then you're going to have to eat crow and then you're going to have to scramble and <laughs> just, you're just like- Giving them the gas. Here's the gas for your fire.
0: Exactly, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Veronica, what do you think?
3: No, I agree. I think, and this is like, this is one of the reasons why people love the underdog story. This is one of the reasons I love the underdog story. When Sarah was talking about everyone loves an underdog story, I'm like, huh, me. Um, <laughs> because it's it's like when someone is, when someone's back against the wall and the only thing you, and the only place you can go is up, you're gonna come up with some really good gameplays and you're gonna make every move that you can to make sure that you stay in the game. And it, like I said, it comes up with some very creative gameplay. Hey,
0: yeah.
3: I,
1: so I this- did speak personally to this story because when we tested this challenge in Co-Rong, I found out that the producers were betting on the Dream Team and Jeff, this, we did this with the full camera crew. Everybody that was there, Jeff was calling it. And Jeff said that he did not bet on me. And when we did this challenge, and I was ready to knock my blocks over, I said, "Jeff, you backed the wrong horse." And then I pushed my dominoes. <laughs> you won? Up. Did you win? Yes. Yeah. Story yeah. time with Steve. And I was I, what, like, scene, I was so scared that I was going to say that and then push my blocks, and it.
0: was <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I feel. Wait, I feel like every
2: episode Steve wins. Do you know your winning percentage on the challenges
1: you've tested? I don't, but, like, sometimes they'll do, like, a sort of, like, a bare-bones test, so, yeah. you know, like, uh, you know, there's a lot of things where it's, like, oh, we'll just put two Dream Teamers in there, because we know where the cameras are going to go, but this was a full setup, this was, I don't remember how, this was, like, episode nine of Rong. so there was, like, a lot, uh, there was a lot of people, there was probably ten of yeah. us, and uh, it was, you know, one of the first individuals, And I was like, oh man, all the cameras are rolling. I got to win this one. And then when I found out (laughs) that Jeff bet against me, I was like, all right, that's the fire I needed, baby.
0: You got to be high. Your percentage, <laughs> your win percent has got to be high, Steve. Yeah, I agree. Steve, I always love hearing about your stories. I'm so glad that you're part <laughs> of our panel to give us these little insights to these challenges. It's like literally my favorite as thing. As soon as we started the talking about the dirt. fire,
1: it reminded me. I was like, oh, I remember that one.
0: <laughs> so Nick winds up going home. Probably should have kept Jeremy in hindsight, but he didn't. Um, he doesn't have to give his fire tokens to anybody because the players on the island, they don't need their fire tokens anymore. Um, so it's down to a final five, but we find out that the Edge of Extinction players will be doing their battle back next episode. I am personally rooting for Natalie. You've all heard my argument. I think that she, A, has the most fire tokens. She bought all of these advantages for the challenge. Good for her. And she's been on the island the longest and she has not given up an ounce of hope to get back to this game. I want it to be Natalie. Who do you guys want to be?
1: Same. Yeah, yeah, I think Natalie deserves it.
3: <laughs> I mean. Yeah. yeah. I based I would I would love it to be Natalie or Tyson. And I think the edit is kind of making it seem like that might be the case because Natalie has all these advantages and it showed her alliance with Tyson. But you know, there's so many people on edge, so many good challenge competitors. I don't know who it could be. It could be anyone. And that's the thing about survivors to predict the unpredictable.
2: I feel like what they say. Expect the unexpected? That's big brother. (laughs) That's a good one. I I feel I feel like because of the editing, okay, I feel like it's gotta be Natalie or Tyson, or we would not have had that final scene. Because if it's not Natalie or Tyson, her generosity slash him getting an immunity idol is Mm -hmm. irrelevant. So Mm -hmm. I feel like they're setting us up for, for that reveal. Um I also think despite everything that I said before, if the jury is truly looking at outwit, outplay, outlast, even Natalie could not win. Maybe Tyson's got an argument because of what Mm -hmm. he's played, but Natalie literally has had zero. Well, I mean, not zero. She's sold back uh, things that she's won. So she's had some effect on the game, but very, very little. Um, So I think it would be a very, very difficult argument to award her the title of sole survivor of all the winners.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm rooting for Natalie to come back because I like her and her yeah. Edge story has been so much fun. But I think Tyson's going to pull
0: it out. Mm. Oh, I mean, I guess we'll see, you guys. The finale is next week. We uh, do have a special guest. We're not telling you guys who it is just yet. You're going to have to tune in to sign, find out who our special guest is hint it is somebody on this current season so we do we can give you that information we are very excited we have to thank and give props to veronica valencia because she is the one that got us this special guest so she doesn't look excited
2: but i think she's frozen oh there she
0: goes okay (laughs) she she doesn't look excited but she is pumped for sure (laughs) she is a very very pumped we're very excited to have the special guest now before we end the episode you guys we're going to skip mvp of the episode because we are short on time but i do want to give you guys an update to our fantasy draft So, like I said, it did even out. I am left with Sarah and Michelle. Veronica, you are down to Denise after you lost Jeremy. And Mike, you are down to Tony and Ben because Nick got voted out. So... We are all still in this, you guys. Nobody you can get counted out just yet. It's anybody's game at this point. We are very excited for the finale. I think it's three hours next week. So we will be here for you guys for it. We are going to ask our studio and our, our um, production team for some extra time to give to you guys. We are very excited about the finale. We've got so much to talk about. I am Timothy Michael. You guys can find me everywhere at I am Timothy Mike. Mike, where can everybody find you? Guys, thanks
2: so much for everybody joining us in the chat. Next week is going to be amazing. Of course, we're still doing it on Thursday, remember? So still the day after, but excited to talk about it. Marissa, Sheena, Rihanna, Victorious, Felipe, Liera, Molly, Chels, Dorothy. Oh, Stevie G, forget you. Victorious, Ms. (laughs) Brassner, Joseph Boza. My name is Mike Thielen. You follow me everywhere at Mike Thielen.
3: Hey, guys, I disconnected for a hot second, but did we at all <laughs> give any mention to what else is going on next we week? We did, Africa? and we credited we you. We You got it, girl. Okay, yeah.
0: Veronica <laughs> MVP.
3: Can you do it again so I can hear it? <laughs> Veronica <laughs> know, MVP. Kidding. We said, <laughs> and MVP. Veronica,
0: got to give Veronica kudos to get us our special guest <laughs> <And> next week. <laughs> yeah. Veronica, we love
3: you. Oh, uh, thank you. I just want to make sure you <laughs> announce it. Anyway, you can find me, Veronica Valencia, on Twitter and Instagram at it's me, Veronica underscore V.
1: And you can find me on Twitter at We on TV.
0: We'll get them for next season, you guys. Next season, we'll step <laughs> it up, okay? Uh, we will see you guys next Thursday for the finale, season 40, Winners at War of Survivor. Very excited. We'll see you guys same time, Thursday, 7 p.m. Bye, guys. Get out, everybody.